Welcome. We appreciate you joining us for our podcast today. This is Jeff Kober, and uh, we have been since we started. Uh, originally, we provided Disney at Work podcasts here on this um, station, so to speak. And then we kind of added some Disney at Play podcasts, and we've kind of mixed them up. Today, actually, we're going to provide a Disney at Play and Disney at Work podcast, and it's all about the Jungle Cruise. And um, I'm a big fan of the Jungle Cruise. And in fact, um, I have visited uh, and ridden the Jungle Cruise countless occasions at Disneyland and at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. But I've also visited them at, uh, at, at Tokyo Disney and at Hong Kong Disneyland. And if you're, if you're not familiar, the original Jungle Cruise, of course, was one of the founding day attractions at uh, at Disneyland in California and um, it kind of added on and on as it went through and then um, then when they built the Magic Kingdom they they kind of had an opportunity to kind of tweak it and take it to the next level I especially love the fact that you you enter into the Forbidden Temple so to speak and um, um, or Shirley's Temple as the uh, Jungle Cruise skippers often refer to it, and uh, and you get to see the snakes and stuff in there, and the tiger, and that is just a really great piece. When you go to Tokyo Disney's Jungle Cruise, you ride the same Jungle Cruise as the Magic Kingdom, only they have taken the track and flipped it uh, back over, um, and so you're kind of getting the reverse of the attraction. I mean, the the temple still occurs toward the end but everything's moving in an opposite direction. So you still start out with the rainforest and then go to the snake and then to the elephants and so forth, but but it's moving in a completely different direction. Uh, when they uh, built Disneyland Paris, um, they kind of looked at a lot of uh, the theme parks that have had emerged in the decades since Disneyland and Walt Disney World had opened, and several of them had actually uh, included something of a jungle river cruise experience. And so they kind of scratched their head and said, well, I think people are going to come to our park and think, well, you're just ripping off the other parks. When in truth, Disney was the first to create the jungle river cruise. But, but uh, at any rate, they ended up not doing that. Instead, they put in a big island in the middle, kind of like Tom Sawyer Island, but it called Adventure Isle. And it's got... Swiss Family Robinson, and it's got Captain Hook's pirate ship, and it's got caves to explore, and it's just a terrific little thing. But there is no uh, Jungle River Cruise. There also is no Jungle River Cruise. There is an Adventure Land or Adventure Isle um, in Shanghai Disney, but they chose not to do the the traditional river cruise there. Instead, you have a Rapids ride and some other experiences, which are very cool. And there's also um, Although the canoes are kind of more part of Pirates uh, Cove, but um, but you do have some some different water attractions, but not in the form of a Jungle River Cruise. In fact, actually, the Jungle River Cruise boat that you're kind of familiar with is actually part of a um, Crystal Grotto attraction in Fantasyland, and it's unique in and of itself. It's one of a kind. So, but Hong Kong Disneyland. They built the Jungle River Cruise there. And I, I just let me back up about Adventureland in Hong... I love all Adventurelands, but I really love it in Hong Kong Disneyland because 
due to the nature of where you are in Southeast Asia, you're able to build a very tropical looking <laughs> jungle in Adventureland. And it is more beautiful, more green, more lush, more diverse in landscaping. It is just an astonishing land within um, Hong Kong Disneyland. In fact, while I have some favorite attractions outside of that particular spot, I have to say this is probably my favorite land within a Hong Kong Disneyland. So you so you enter Adventureland and you head toward the Jungle River Cruise. And the attraction is what what strikes you first about the attraction is that as you look at the at the river, it's more the size of the rivers of America that you see at Disneyland or at um at uh, Magic Kingdom, and yet this boat is sailing through and it passes by the Swiss, uh, not the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse, but the Tarzan Treehouse. And there are actually rafts that you could take over, kind of like you do with Tom Sawyer, but only the rafts take you to the treehouse. I wish there were a few more caves and other kinds of things to uh, accompany that um, that particular addition, but it's really well done. And from there, you can look down on the river from the tops of the treehouse. You look down on the river and see the Jungle River cruise uh, going through. And and at some point, the river then starts to narrow and it begins to look a lot more like the traditional Jungle River cruise. You, you see ancient ruins, you see spiders, you see uh, the familiar... Um, um, a group of explorers up a tree with the rhinoceros right behind them. You see a savanna of animals, um, which actually are looked can also be seen from the railroad as it passes through um, Adventureland, which is very cool in and of itself. There's a couple of uh, other unique things, um, rather than just the the natives parading and dance or jumping up out of the bushes. They hide behind shields. And those shields end up blowing darts and you feel the wisps of air, similar to when you're on the Indiana Jones adventure at Disneyland or Tokyo Disney and you can feel that 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 burst of air hitting you. It, it's, a, it's pretty amazing how they managed to do that because there's quite a distance between the boat and and the shore. So the fact that they are able to create that effect is, is, is very cool. But it even gets better because as it looks like you're almost heading back to the dock, all of a sudden the water just erupts in this big um, fountain of water and it steers your boat over to, to, to a side, to a grotto of caves and rocks and, and steam. And all of a sudden this mystical uh, explosion of water and steam and fire and all this comes blasting out um, all at one time. It's a very cool effect. I would love to see this particular um, aspect of the attraction put into um, both Disneyland and um, and Dis and and uh, uh, Magic Kingdom. Um, and uh, and you get this great effect and. Uh, but soon you're returning back to the dock and heading on shore and so forth. It, it's a great attraction. When I took my last trip um, a few months ago to Hong Kong Disneyland, I decided I wanted to create a video of this attraction to give you that uh, sort of uh, impression of what it's like. And so I, uh, in the process of creating 
that attraction. I ended up riding the um, the experience a couple of times, and I began to note some things. And this is, and you'll be able to see the the actual uh, final video on Disney at Play. But but I found some things that I'd like to title the hardest working cast member. And if you think about all the cast members out there in the parks and some of them work in a lot of heat and a lot of sun and some have to carry heavy items or or are costumed in heavy items i mean there are really a lot of hard-working jobs but i want to give a tribute to what i refer to as the hardest working cast member to um to an, a particular individual that i observed on my on my jungle river cruise trips he was not the pilot he was instead um, operating the, the queue of the experience. Now, to understand the queue, uh, know that when you approach uh, the Jungle River Cruise in Adventureland at Hong Kong Disneyland, you're going to be invited to go into one of not one, but three queues. Uh, one is set apart for those who speak Mandarin, which is largely the language spoke by most Chinese. A second queue is dedicated for those who speak Cantonese, which is the more traditional language spoken by most people in Hong Kong and in that very uh, surrounding region. And then there's a third that's set apart for English. Now, I have to admit, I have not seen a lot of um, uh, gringos, a lot of folks from the United States head to Hong Kong Disneyland. I always meet one or two while I'm on a trip there, but um, Hong Kong Disneyland often gets the the short end by those who are visiting from the States because A, it's a smaller park than say the other Asian parks and B, because it's a lot further to get to. It takes a lot of travel to get down to Hong Kong, but so worth it. And, and, and what the people who are lining up for English are often people who are coming from places like Australia or New Zealand. And they're actually, so there are actually quite a few that get into these into that queue as well. I think the goal that they are trying to, to create there at the Jungle River Cruise is that no matter which of the three queues you get to, we're gonna make it as, um, as, as even a weight as possible um, so that you um, don't have to unfairly wait in one queue over another because of language. Now that doesn't always work, but that, I think, is, is the goal that they're trying to achieve in this queue. And when you enter one of these three queues, the queue then divides into different directions. And there's a couple of things that you, you, you start to notice as you're going through this is, is, that, um, is that you really can't tell um, where your queue is going. It goes in a different direction. It's not all three queues parallel to each other all through this queue. One kind of goes one direction, one goes another, and they all kind of weave and they end up back at the entrance of the uh, where you board the attraction. That allows them to make some of those cues what seems maybe longer than another. It's hard to really quite tell that because one of the other things uh, you, you really can't tell is is where your queue is going at any given moment with all the especially if the queue is filled up you really don't know where it's going to turn to next and go before you get to it 
um, before you get to the boarding space. But eventually, you kind of weave through this. And I think the way the whole queue is, is designed, it's not a very themed queue. And it's a little disappointing for that. Uh, it is covered queue, which and it has got a lot of fans. And you need the fans, for sure. Um, but um, but those cues kind of move around, and it's really hard for you to kind of compare. Am I in a line that's longer than somebody else? If you pay a really heavy attention, you can see whether somebody's in a longer line or seems to be waiting less time or seems to be moving through their queue. I noticed that the Cantonese queue was not very long the morning I was there. But that didn't mean, in fact, so short that you could easily fill less than half a boat with the queue. But that didn't mean that they got on first before everyone, because there were a lot more Mandarin-speaking individuals in the queue, and they were moving that queue faster. So where I'm going with this is when you get toward the boarding area and when they determine which queue goes onto the next boat, you have this cast member. And in this particular situation I noticed this one cast member I took a photo it's kind of hastily taken it's not a great photo um I guess he's gonna be surprised if he ever sees this photo someday because he'll realize that I have now called him um the hardest working cast member in all of of, of all of Disney uh parks anywhere but this cast member is having to think very carefully how many are in each queue how many boats are available and how many are cycling through? When is the next boat coming? And which skippers are on that boat? And can those skippers do all three versions or can they only do one version? Are there any needs such as mobility challenges that I need to be aware of and getting, how do I keep all the parties together? And then dealing with anyone who maybe has a question or maybe, um, upset. And I did see a, a, a guest upset at one point. When I first uh, went through the queue, I think the guests felt like they that the cast member was boarding everybody else's queue, but his queue and his queue was waiting a lot longer and he seemed to be frustrated. I think that must be a, also a challenge because a guest, often guests, especially guests in Asia, may speak two or three of those languages. And so they're making a choice of which queue to get in, probably thinking maybe one is less than the other and ending up in a queue that they could have gone on that boat as well because they speak that language also. So there's a whole lot of activity going on. But here is this, this young man. It could be a young woman, but in this case, it was a young man who was really thinking through what is going on in this attraction? What is happening? What needs to occur? Who needs to go next? What boat needs to be boarded? How do we make this as fair and equitable as possible? And you could just see the gears spinning around in this young man's mind. He was, in, he was focused. He was intent. He was thinking it through. He was working with other cast members alongside of him. And he was moving that queue as quickly as he could, getting ready the next boat, because that job is, is by the time that boat comes up ready to, to um, uh, load passengers, you need to have the right number of passengers ready to get on, ready to go, having dealt with any guests with disabilities or mobility challenges, and, and off you go, and, and then determining who's, who's next aboard. So I just was fascinated observing this particular cast member and the role that they were providing. 
and the thing that they were they were doing. Now, I um, and I also will provide a link. I also have another in my business of consulting and training others. Um, I wrote a con- uh, an article called Fostering Critical Thinking. And perhaps one of my most frustrating experiences, and boy, this really plays out in Disney theme parks. This is something that really makes me very frustrated, is when I ask a question of a frontline cast member about why is it going this way or doing this or whatever, and the cast member simply says, and hey, that's the policy, uh, I'm just doing what they're telling me to. That, you know, that's decided by upper management. In those moments, I am very frustrated for for a couple of reasons. One is, is somehow that management team at that location has created a culture in which they have told the cast members essentially, don't think, just do what we tell you to do, which is not the Disney philosophy. The Disney philosophy is to teach people the correct principles and then let them make the correct decisions. And the principles they teach on day one has to do with safety and courtesy and show and efficiency. What do those things mean? And that is the very thing that should be happening in every guest scenario and every place on stage, backstage. That's what a cast member should be thinking and making decisions based on criteria given to them and thinking critically in the role. The second reason why I'm so disappointed when I hear that phrase given, I'm just doing what management's telling me. I grieve for the employees. Who wants to be involved in a workforce, in a workplace where they're not, where they're thinking, where their contribution to what they're seeing and observing and noticing is put down or ignored or not observed? Just do what we tell you to do. Give the spiel. You know, I, and I see this in FastPass, for instance. I see FastPass situations where in a queue, they're simply told, okay, every, you know, every 40 guests in one queue go to the next queue for 100 guests, you know, and they give some ratio. But you know what? That ratio doesn't always work out. A cast member should be able to make decisions as to what the flow really needs based on it and, 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 and making it as equitable and fair for everyone involved. So I really am disappointed when an employee is stuck in a culture where, um, where they feel like they're just having to do what they're being told. If there's a reason to hire an employee and boy, as advances and automation and robots and, and computers increases, um, if there's a reason to hire an employee, it's because they can provide critical thinking on the job. It's a skill that truly cannot be replaced or at least replaced yet by machine. We can get machines to do some pretty token, even, even intricately token roles, but we want to use our employees. We want to dedicate our employees to doing the thinking jobs. Therefore, if we're going to spend money hiring humans, let's think, let's teach them to be more innovative in the organization, to continually improve the guest experience and to kind of continually make things better. You want employees who are searching for opportunities to change, grow, and improve. You want to get employees excited and finding new ways to approach the work that they do. You want them to treat problems as not problems, but as opportunities, as opposed to fearing uh, what may 
be requested of them. You want employees to look outward for new ideas and benchmark and think outside the box. You want them to experiment and take smart risks um, that create the wins. And, and you want them to learn from their mistakes. Continuous improvement, is that's so important. Um, Albert Einstein said, the problems we have cannot be solved at the same level of thinking which we created them. And I think that that's, that's so true. Uh, if I can leave some souvenirs for your organization, no matter what you do, likely it's not uh, hosting people on a jungle cruise. But here's some takeaways from this story. What is the critical thinking needed most? Where does interaction matter to your customer? Are we focusing our employees to transact or interact? Now that's really important because so much of what is done in a Disney park is actually a transaction. That'll be 350, watch your step, how many in your party, next please, thank you much, uh, how can I help? Those are mostly transactions, but when you get to the interactions, what can I really do for you? To really listen to a problem, to listen to a customer, to listen to a guest and understand their needs and to deal with the intricacies of their unique problem, that's interactions. And those are the things your guests remember most when you interact with them, not when you transact with them. So where, how do you make interaction matter? And how do you create more opportunities? How do you free up your employees to attend to those most important interactions, those most important critical thinking activities? What resources are you providing your employees to draw on so that they can think critically? And is your hardest working employee your smartest working employee? That's, that's the hardest working cast member. It's the one who's thinking smartest, who's thinking critically, who's thinking about how they can improve their organization. Well, that's our that's our uh, our podcast for today. You can see a show notes page for both Disney at Play, where we show lots of photos and we dissect the whole Disney River cruise, and we have the video that I created for that. You can also go to Disney at Work, where you can see um, how the actual queue works out and the issues involved, and you can see. Uh, some souvenirs for your own organization. We'll also provide you a link to that uh, article I mentioned about fostering critical thinking. All those um, uh, can benefit you, whether you're planning a trip to Hong Kong Disneyland or whether you are trying to fix your own organization. Uh, there are lots of, uh, lots of options available to you and we provide them. We appreciate you joining us for this podcast. Please check out all of our podcasts, many of which are Disney at Work and many of which are Disney at Play. Know that we provide a show notes page for each podcast, but you'll find links to other things and other articles that we have. While you're visiting our website, be sure to access Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, a complete guide. Uh, employees are out there um, checking out the new facility and soon uh, annual pass holders will be and soon all the guests will be and you want to be ready for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disney's Hollywood Studios or if you're going to Disneyland you want to make sure that you um, check this out they we have unique interactive maps we have hundreds of photos drawings videos videos that I've done um, as I have visited the attraction insights for how to navigate your experience, whether you're at Disneyland or Disney's Hollywood Studios, 
um, overview of the new Star Wars hotel coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios and, uh, or to Walt Disney World and so much more. The guide is available when you subscribe to both our Disney at Play and Disney at Work website um, uh, newsletter. When you do so, you'll also be subscribed to a drawing to win a free Rex droid. You remember Rex from Star Tours. Um, uh, and he is now the DJ at Oga's Cantina. And he is also awesome. You can take him home and have your own version of him. We are going to have a drawing for one lucky winner on the day Galaxy's Edge opens at Disney's Hollywood Studios. So be sure to subscribe to the newsletter for Disney at Play. You can do it at either Disney at Play, Disney at Work. It will become one, and then you'll be entered into that contest. If you like our podcasts, please subscribe, like us, and share with others. We are unique in that we're not only trying to provide really great content to fans who love Disney and all things Disney, but we're also providing a Disney at Workplace where you can go and see how these great things that happen in the parks can actually be applied to your own work um, back home. So let Disney at Work show you how you want to definitely visit that site. We're a young website. but we bring decades of insight from Disney. If you like the content we're bringing to you, please subscribe, like us, share with others on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, let others know so that they can benefit uh, as well. Well, this concludes our podcast. Again, thank you for joining us. Whether it's work or play, remember, keep finding the magic.